Good evening. Hello, everybody. It's uh, Lunar New Year's Eve. It's feeling festive here at the temple. The nuns have decorated it the last all this week, and yeah. And they're even planning to eat tonight. Normally, they don't eat after noon. And uh, I'm <laughs> kind of excited to, to see them eat after afternoon today. <laughs> after class, I'll go over there. Uh, so anyways, welcome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we have, again, we're studying Patanjali Yoga Sutras, Kaivalya Pada, and we're actually getting pretty close to finishing up the Kaivalya Pada. Today's the fourth and hopefully the last part reviewing the yoga process, how to overcome, how to cleanse ourselves and overcome our patterns, our habit energies, how to keep practicing and the important points of practice. So again, happy, happy, uh, Lunar New Year, and uh, I know it's a big holiday for a lot of the world, and uh, I hope you're all able to enjoy it with your loved ones, you're happy, safe, and uh, have everything close by that you need. Okay, so let's get started. Shri Gurave Namaha, Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha, Om Shri Saraswatiye Namaha, Om Vande Guru Nam Charanada Vinde, Sandarishita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe, Nishreya Se Jangali Kayamane, Samsara Hala Hala Moha Shantye Abahu Purusha Karam Shankatakrasi Tarinam Sahasra Shirasam Shwetam Pranamami Patanjalim Yogena Chit Tasya padena vacham malam sharirasya chavai dyakena yo pakarotam bravaram uninam patanjalim pranjaliranatosmi om asatoma sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Amrutam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Om 
Sahanavavatu, Sahanabunaktu, Sahavidyam Karavavahai, Tejaspinavadi Tamastuma Vidvishavahai. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Om Namo Brahmavidyo Brahmavidya Sambradaya Kartribyo Namo Vamsharishibyo Namo Mahadyo Namo Gurubhyaha Sarvo Paplavarahita Pragnana Gana Pratigarato Brahmahaivahamasmi Om Tat Om Paramatmane Namaha Shri Patanjala Yoga Darshanam Atakaivalya Padaha Janma Oshati Mantra Tapas Samadhi Jaha Siddhayaha Janmaushati Mantra Tapas Samadhi Siddhayaha Jati Antara Parinamaha Prakriti Apurat Jati Antara Parinamaha Prakriti Apurat Namittam aprayojakam prakritinam varana bedaha tu tatas kshetrikavat. Namittam aprayojakam prakritinam varana bedas tu tatakshetrikavat. Nirmana chitani. Asmita matrat Nirmana chit anyasmita matrat Pravritti bede prayojakam chittam ekam anekesham Pravritti bede prayojakam Dhamekamanekesham Tatra Dhyana Jam Anashayam Tatra Dhyana Jam Anashayam Karma Ashukla Akrishnam Yoginaha Tri Vidham Itaresham Karma Shukla Krishnam Yoginas Trividhamitaresham Tatas Tat Vipaka Anugunanam Eva Abivyaktihi Basananam Tatas Tat Vipaka Anugunanam Eva Abivyaktihi Tirvasananam 
jati desha kala vyavahitanam api anantaryam smriti sanskaryo ekarupatvat jati desha kala vyavahitanam apyanantaryam smriti samskaryo rekarupatvat tasam anaditvam cha ashishah nityatvat tasam anaditvam cha ashisho nityatvat hetu phala ashraya alambanaihi samgrahitatvat esham abhave tat abhavah hetu phala ashraya alambanai samgrahitatvadesham abhave tat abhavah atita anagatam स्वरूपतः अस्ति अध्वभेदात् धर्मानाम अतीतानागतम् स्वरूपतोस्त्यध्वभेदात् धर्मानाम ते व्यक्त सूक्ष्माः गुण आत्मानः ते व्यक्त सूक्ष्मा गुणात्मानः परिणाम एकत्वात् वस्तु तत्वम् परिणाम एकत्वात् वस्तु तत्वम् वस्तु साम्ये चित्त भेदात् तयोः विभक्तः पंथाः वस्तु साम्ये चित्त भेदात् तयोर विभक्तः पंथाः न च एक चित्त तंत्रम् चेत् वस्तु तत् अप्रमाणकम् तदा किम् स्यात् नचायकचित्ततंत्रम् चेदवस्तुतरप्रमाणकम् तदा किम् स्यात् तत् उपराग अपेक्षित्वात् चित्तस्य वस्तु न्यात् अग्न्यातम् तरुपरागापेक्षित्वाच्चित्तस्यवस्तुक्न्यातक्न्यातम् सदाक्न्याताहा चित्तवृत्तयहा तत्प्रभोहो पुरुषस्य अपरिणामित्वात् सदाग्न्यातास्चित्तवृत्तयस्तत्प्रभोपुरुषस्यापरिणामित्वात् न 
तत्स्वासम आभासम दृश्यवासम दृश्यवाये चय अनवधारणसमोभयानवधारण चिंतृश्य बुद्धि बुद्धे अति प्रसंग स्मृति चिंतृश्य बुद्धि बुद्धेरतिप्रसंग स्मृतिसंकड़ेरतिसंक्रमायाक्रमायास्तराकारापत्ता स्वबुद्धिवेदन द्रष्टृश्युपरक्त चिंतृश्योपरक्त चिंतवासना संहत्य चिंत्रमी परहत्य कारीशेषदर्शिन आत्म भाव भावना निवृत्ति विशेषदर्शन आत्मभावना निवृत्ति तदा विवेक निम्नम कैवल्यम कैवल्य प्राक्म चिंतन तदा विवेक निम्नम कैवाय प्राग्भारम चिद्रेशु प्रत्यय प्रत्यय अंतरा संस्कारेभ्य छिद्रेशु प्रत्यंतरा संस्कारेभ्य हानमेशलेशवत्त प्रसंख्याने अकुशीदस्य विवेक ख्याते धर्म मेघ सी 
Prasankhyanepyakusidasyasarvathavivekakhyatirdharmamegasamadhihi Sarva avarana mala apetasya jnanasya anantyat yeyam alpam. Tada sarva avarana mala apetasya jnanas jnanantyat yeyam alpam. Tatas krita arthanam. Parinama krama samaptihi gunanam tata kritartanam parinama krama samaptir gunanam kshana pratiyogi parinama aparanta nirgrahyaha kramaha Shana Pratiyogi Parinama Paranta Nirgrahya Kramaha Purushar Purusha Artha Shunyanam Gunanam Pratiprasavaha Kaivalyam Svarupa Pratishta Va Chitti Shaktihi Iti Purushartha Shunyanam Gunanam Pratiprasava Kaivalyam Swarupa Pratishtava Chitti Shakti Iti Iti Shri Patanjala Yoga Darshane Kaivalya Pado Nama Chaturtaf Padaha Iti Shri Patanjala Yoga Sutrani Sampurnam Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Okay, so we've cruised through uh, our overview of yoga pretty far. Started in Samadhi Pada with uh, conviction. We have to have a resolve to lift ourselves up and we have to 
learn how to quiet our mind. We have to be able to sit down and quiet our mind or focus on something and quiet our mind, uh, which happens when we do the breathing, right? We focus on the breathing and our mind begins to get quieter. So that's the, our, that's our special technique, Ashtanga yoga, Hatha yoga, special technique is to utilize the breathing, which potentially does, by the way, he mentions breathing actually as the first suggestion for quieting the mind, bringing yourself back to a state of balance. It must be Sutra uh, 134, in case you're curious to, to look at it later. Um, anyways, so that's the first chapter. In the second chapter, he gives us tools to examine in a kind of a, a some parameters, some guides to the, the study, tapas, keep your attention on yourself and try to notice what's helpful and what's not helpful going on inside your, uh, your, your, your head <laughs> in the noggin. Uh, and Ashtanga yoga then, right? So Kriya yoga is the, the first tools he gives us to, to evolve ourselves. Right? Once we have, if we have the base, the foundation of being able to settle ourselves down a little bit, then we can, we can build from there. So he gives us Kriya Yoga and Ashtanga Yoga to build from that initial foundation of Samapatti meditation, calming, quieting the mind. And, uh, and then in the third chapter, after our asana and our pranayama has come to maturity after uh, some, some years of good practice, then we, we have more specific things to look at about ourselves. So we've, we brought ourselves, I don't wanna go through the whole thing because the list is too long and then we'll run out of time. Um, so, but, but last week we culminated basically with um, going through so many different aspects of ourself uh, psychologically and physiologically in our body that then we're able to have uh, a deeper experience of knowing, of coming to know ourselves, coming to understand and know ourselves, uh, coming to focus on, do the Sainyama meditation uh, on the heart center right at this point in, in the development of our practice. Right. If we've, if we've become knowledgeable of ourselves and we're working on uh, to understand, you know, our patterning, why our triggers, what, what, what ticks us off uh, or, or what calms us down or the things we like and the things we hanker after and uh why we we think getting more likes on our on our instagram photo you know is going to make us feel satisfied in life you know that we catch these things that these uh illusions that we we chase after uh then then there's 
there's something, you know, there's enough of ourselves that we've got our hands into to work with, to, with, with more consciousness and less unconsciousness that when we focus on our heart, the, the seat of consciousness in the body, then, uh, something, something more profound can potentially happen. So that, that's the, the point Patanjali has brought us up to, uh, Sutra three thirty five. Yeah. Having, having a, a richer experience of self that's not limited to just, uh, thinking you're only yourself isolated yeah from everything else me against the world <laughs> so intense uh but we're just a little little piece of this huge universe and uh it's not all up to us it's not we, we don't need to take the whole weight of the world on our shoulders just uh lighten up a little bit so that's why um if you saw the in the email i say we're going to talk about uh how how does an accomplished yogi behave or what what are his characteristics too many clues on the screen uh yeah um so he gives us a list, the next list he gives us, uh, just four sutras, four sutras, uh, Udhanavayu, Samanavayu, cool yoga th- terminology, uh, listening with, with subtlety and being lighthearted. So these are our four sanyamas meditations. To focus on the Udhanavayu, focus on the Samanavayu. Really focus with utmost care, subtlety, listening, and uh, and focusing to be light-hearted, not to let seriousness make you become heavy. Um so Udhanavayu is the upward moving energy. Uh, prana is said to function in five different ways. So Udana and Samana, these are two of the five ways that prana functions. The main two we work with in yoga typically are prana and apana. So that's four. We have prana, apana, the two main ones we work with in yoga. And then the two listed here, udana and samana. And the fifth one is vyana. That middle A is long, vyana. V-Y, vyana, vayu. Uh, so udana, vayu is upward moving energy. Samana Vayu is digestive energy. Samana Vayu is the, when the Prana Vayu, 
which is expanding growing energy and upana upana which is contracting and holding energy eliminative elimination is governed by upana because the fluids and the solids that we consume they go down and they can get consolidated this is upana the movement going down and consolidating and squishing and squeezing to extract the the gold out of the poop <laughs> to get the good stuff you know what what the body needs and can use to nourish itself and then to squish out what the body is unable to turn into itself it pushes down and out that's upana so part of that is is downward and but part of it also is the, the contraction so it's anti udiyana bandha and it's a little bit mulabandha but it's also a little bit anti mulabandha when we do mulabandha we seal the energy from leaking out of our bodies we hold it right when we hold our legs tighten into our hips and contract our anus then the structure is held together if the energy is leaking the structure will become weak if the structure is weakening the energy is going out there one in the same thing it's just two different ways of describing the same thing that's happening to you looking at it from this side or looking at it from this side this side or this side it's the same thing the right hand the mulabandha stops the the downward leak in order to right that means also then your body is holding together because if the body is not holding together that's also a kind of leak so it's not just some electrical energy thing that you're not aware can't be aware of it's also your structure mulabandha Okay, so when upana that holding energy and prana work together when they cooperate together it creates a third type of energy called samana vayu so like when we do pranayama we call it kumbhaka when we hold our breath right kumbhaka So anybody knows what the word kumbhaka means? Hmm. Breath breath retention? No, that's 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 the name for breath retention, but what does the the name mean? What does kumbhaka mean? Hmm. Okay, Denise, you don't know? Hey, come on, you know, you're old timer. Retention, right? Oh, see, so you're giving the same answer Alexis gave. Yeah, okay. but it- So, yeah, so we 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 call retention kumbaka, but the word kumbaka means a pitcher, a water pitcher. So in other words, it's a container. When you're holding your breath, you're you're holding the 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 prana, the energy in the container. So it's like a pressure cooker literally because when when we seal mulabandha at the bottom and we seal jalandhara bandha at the top of the container the container the pitcher the kumbhaka is your torso 
the lungs, the heart, the organs, and the and the intestines and the bladder. It's all inside the container. All this in, important stuff. Uh, so Kumbhaka's container. So when the prana, right? You're supposed to open your chest, whether it's exhale or inhale. So the container has a lot of energy in it. And then you're supposed to seal it at the top and the bottom. So it's like the pressure cooker. You, you get as much energy inside, whether it's inhale or exhale, and then you, you compress it at the top and the bottom. It creates the pressure. So this is Samana Vayu. If there's no energy, you're not opening your chest and holding your posture, no energy inside, then there's no pressure when you do your bandha. It's just em an empty pressure cooker. Hasn't You haven't applied the heat. You haven't applied the ingredients and the heat to it. But when you, you close it up and you apply the heat and the ingredients, then the water tries to expand, but it's being held in, right, because of the heat. So that's what we're doing when we hold the breath. And, and this is the, this is a samana vayu, that pressure that builds up because the apana and the prana are joining together. They're working together. They're cooperating and they're creating samana vayu. So you don't really need to, you don't really focus so much on samana vayu. You focus on when you exhale, you keep the energy of the inhale. The inhale naturally is a prana type of movement from your chest center. I mean, if you're breathing up into your chest like we do in uh, our Krishnamacharya yoga tradition, there's a few other traditions that also breathe up in the chest. Uh, some traditions, they want you to grow your belly <laughs> so you become weak and very relaxed. <laughs> very relaxed, but, but not, you don't have the, the physical strength. Uh, so when you inhale, you get this pattern of prana from your chest. When you exhale, you get this pattern of apana below the navel, from the pelvic floor to the navel. So when you're exhaling, you keep the, the sensational structural pattern of the inhale. You keep it while you're exhaling. And when you're inhaling, you keep the sensational structural uh, movement of the contraction of the bandhas below your navel. You keep those engaged as you inhale. Because when you exhale, right, the, the deeper you go into the exhale, at some point, the exhale, you're gonna have to use bandhas to exhale more. You're not gonna be able to keep exhaling more. You have to push from underneath, especially if you're keeping your chest up and open. So that's how we make Samana Vayu. Sunny, you fell asleep or you're, you're, you're feeling it in your body, weren't you? Yeah, very good. That's the right way to listen. That's, I always listened with my body when I was taking classes like that, just like you were doing. Uh, very good. Um, and that's uh, the navel center, by the way. Navel center, right? One of the Sanyama meditations that was in the previous section was Nabi Chakra, right? Navel center.
So the center of that union, sambra yoga, between prana and apana, is, is the navel center. And that's one of the definitions of pranayama. Not from the Yoga Sutras, but from uh, the Yoga Yajnavalkya. Another different Yoga Shastra. Yoga Yajnavalkya defines pranayama as the union between prana and apana. Sama, sama yoga or sama yoga, not sampra yoga, sama yoga. Uh, so, so what, what, uh, the thing about this section here, right, is when you're more in tune with yourself, you start to operate from a different place in yourself. So before we were talking about, um, grosser things, our psychology and places in our body. And now he's talking about kind of movements of energy. So we're moving on to a, a more subtle dimension. But in, in spirit, uh, being something kind of that transcends, right, is said to uh, it's it's most uh if there were to be a tangible way of perceiving spirit we like to fancy that the the value the the wind the prana is the that manifestation there's there's other ways it's not you know we can't put infinity in a box but still because we're, we live in a box. <laughs> we, we need to put things in boxes in order to uh, make use of it. It's very difficult to leave things outside of the box without any words and, and to help us conceptualize. And uh, conceptualization itself is a kind of box. We box up a phenomenon or a, or a principle or whatever we want, we're, see, you can't even, there's no word really to even say what I'm trying to talk about because as soon as you put a word on it, it becomes something that it's not, you've, you've put a, a limit on it. So um, anyways, there's the, the pranayama mantra that we do in the morning, shanno mitra shambharunaha, and maybe you remember, you're familiar, there's the line, tvameva uh, pratyaksham brahmahasi, so Brahma Asi, Asi means it, you are, you are Brahma. So before we said, uh, uh, Namaste Vayu, Namaste Vayo, and Tvameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi. So we, we're saluting Vayu, the Vayu, and saying you alone are the visible or perceivable uh, form of Brahma. Brahma is that which is beyond perception, beyond form, beyond conception or end per perception. Uh, so the, the point being that in a certain sense, the, the yogi at this point is operating more from the sense of spirit. 
is one way you can think of it. If you insist on thinking of it, <laughs> uh, having a way to understand it, um, that's one way to understand it. So there's, there's an evolution from the previous section to the to this list. And and so Vayu, Udana Vayu, upward moving energy is a kind of energy that gives you response. So if you're in a situation that's awkward or challenging or threatening and you have Udana Vayu is, is strong and active, then you'll, you will have the alertness and the... the the response will come quickly or instantly and how, how to respond. At least the more Udana you have, the greater your chances of, of having uh, a response in a quick enough uh, fashion. Uh, so you can think of like somebody who's a fast, talker they're they're good like with their debate skills they can talk their way out of things right their their posture is not they don't have like a slumped over posture or a, they don't have like a insecure self-conscious kind of posture right they have this kind of posture when they talk and like that's a lot of confidence and the, a lot of straight energy moving up and down through their their body especially their chest neck and head this part of the system has a lot of up straight vertical upward up and down energy and that that's the udana vayu that you you see it in their posture and then you can see it in the way that they they're able to communicate they're able to respond right or um or get the upper upper hand like maybe a salesman somebody who's really good at talking uh, and giving their pitch would definitely not me. I'm not the salesman. Uh, but, um, but I've seen people like this. You see them, right? Is that, a, is that a good example? Does it bring to mind any something palatable for you? Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> so that's Udana Vayu, the 39. You get the, you can respond to awkward situations better, the stronger your Udana is. The, the intelligence from inside your, your innate intelligence is going up to, to feed the head. And Samana Vayu, right, being, um, the source of the digestive energy that gives vitality, gives a robust quality to the body and an effulgence to your body. And the thing that's interesting to me with Samana Vayu is that it's, it's not just, doesn't just come about from your skill at moving your energy around inside your body. You know, if you're good at, yoga and feeling and you can uh, do your pranayama and you can get the pressure cooker working strong and get the heat. Uh, that's one aspect to strengthen Samana Vayu, but the other aspect to it, 
to it is regulating your your lifestyle, eating at the proper time, eating the proper amount, eating good quality foods, getting the right amount of sleep, the right rhythm of sleep and exercise and and uh, work, uh, all these things. If there's um, if they're balanced, which you would expect after you've been practicing yoga and you've been addressing yourself holistically, that that you would have improved your your regime, your lifestyle regime at this point. So your samanavayu is supported from both from from different angles. Your internal skill and your external uh, wisdom, uh, you know, applied in your daily lifestyle, your daily regime. So you can see, you know, like, like think of athletes that have a, a good discipline regime. They're very robust and they have a lot of energy. It's not because they know how to work with their energy internally. It's because they, they, they're disciplined. Question, comment? Helen. Okay, so 341, listening with subtlety, or the developing divine ear, divine ear. Uh, this is, you know, one of my favorite practices when I meditate actually is to listen. Uh, it's, it's so uh, expansive feeling to listen carefully. Uh, and I don't know what else to say about that, but li listening. Yeah. If you don't listen carefully, you, you won't get quiet inside. If you listen carefully, you'll become quiet. Uh, uh, nada santanam, nada santanam. Nada is the inner sound. Anusandhanam. Sandana is uh, to study. Anusandana. Uh, in the text uh, that Shankaracharya wrote, he uses the term Anusandana. Uh, you guys recognize that line I recited? Nada Sandhanam. From the Ganapati Atharvashirsha Upanishad. So, Nada is, uh, is a yogic practice, listening to the Nada, the inner sound. And you can find in some of the scriptures, I don't know, I don't, I'm not that, that uh, I'm too ordinary. <laughs> but they describe if you listen to the different chakras. They describe the sounds from each chakra quite differently. One's like the sound of a roaring fire. One's the sound of the ocean. Uh, one's the sound of, of musical instruments, horns and drums. I think that's from your heart. Uh, I think the, the root chakra, I think, is um, the sound of uh, insects. If you guys can verify it, 
you know, you can you can tell me if you have a experience where you say, oh yeah, I heard the sound of my heart chakra. It's just like it says in the scriptures. <laughs> uh, but but it's useful to be able to listen carefully because for one, it's very calming. Uh, for two, it, it uh, helps us feel not so uh, limited in our in our own sense of space. Uh, it's calming, and uh, that's probably the main thing I would say. So number three forty two is is uh, very uh, useful, very practical, because this is the attitude. You know, attitude has a lot to do with what we're able to do and, and not able to do, our attitude. And having a light heartedness, not taking ourselves too seriously, right? If you think about how, how we get upset over things or how we, uh, we have a strong aversion against something, uh, like I just don't like that place. I don't like going down there because it's too crowded and, and, uh, when you start thinking about it and you have that attitude, uh, there's an attachment to it, a certain way that you don't like it and the things you don't like about it, the way it makes you feel, right? These are all things we're creating from within ourselves, responses to certain ideas about things or stimuluses outside of ourselves. It's just too crowded and people get in my face and I just don't like it, right? That's in a certain sense, you can you could distill that whole response down to taking yourself too seriously. Thinking that the way you think about what's going on is like that's the way it is. You're believing yourself with too much, you know, too much rigidity. Um, and Patanjali is suggesting that we. For one, we focus on, we imagine space and we superimpose this, this unbounded quality of space, right? Space has no limits to it. You can't measure space, it's boundless. You can't contain space. Space just permeates, it goes everywhere. It goes through the atoms. It goes through you know, the container, right? Space is, is unbounded. And you could measure out uh, one, one stretch of infinity, but then when you get finished reaching one stretch of infinity, there's another infinity beyond that infinity. It's like you cannot measure how, how vast space is. The, the more you're able to imagine how, how enormous, how vast space is, there's always that much more going beyond uh, however much you're able to imagine. Uh, when I was a kid and the, they taught us about God in Sunday school as being infinite, that just like, I would do, I would go through this process of imagining like in trying to imagine infinity. And it was like this, this uh, endless loop, you know, that I can think like, however far I could think or imagine things being how 
enormous the universe might be, it's like, then there has to be like a whole nother universe beyond that universe. The same is true. Like when you, if you go back the other way too, into smallness, it's just like, so we're just like this little speck, right? We're here and there's this huge universe outside of us. And if you go in inside, it's the same. There's like no limit. You keep going in. There's another universe inside that universe and another universe inside that universe and another universe inside that universe. Uh, it's infinite. So we have no, there's no wisdom behind taking ourselves too seriously. Sometimes it's fun to take ourselves too seriously, as long as it's not life-threatening and you can afford the luxury of some drama, then, then knock yourself out. Uh, can, you can uh, sweat the small stuff, but don't sweat the big stuff. Sweat the small stuff for fun, just to be human and have fun uh, playing human. But when it comes to big things, you, you should be able to get yourself together because you can't afford the consequences of the big things. Uh, you got to keep it, keep it together. So this lightheartedness, you take this concept of space, you superimpose it on your body, right? and then that visualization, right? How can there be, if your body and space are merged together, where can there be any aversion, any restriction, any uh, tension or blockages in your body? And then there's another part to the Sanyama. You imagine the lightness of cotton. Literally, he says the lightness of cotton. So to me, that's the metaphor that translates into English into modern times being lighthearted. Lightness of cotton means to be lighthearted, which translates into not taking yourself seriously, but to keep, keep your, your spirit light, buoyant, uh, adaptable and accepting, embracing, all embracing of whatever things and situations come your way. And then that gives you, if you can wrap your attitude around this, then you, you can freely go or fearlessly go into any kind of situation without, uh, the shoulders tightening up, the jaw clenching, the face getting ugly. Roar. Happy. <laughs> and we all know, you know, that that joy is contagious. So that's a good thing, not just for you. How's it coming along so far? We're good so far? Uh, so the next section then is, uh, advanced stuff, like truly advanced stuff. Like when you start thinking of yogis who do like really 
really uh, unworldly or unhumanly things, this next section uh, would include that. Um, 344, we do Yama on the universal nature of the elements. And 347, we do Yama meditation on the, uh, the nature of your senses. This is kind of a concept we're not used to thinking about. The thinking about the nature of our senses, and uh, what what is it? It says uh, 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 the nature of the senses and the and the ego. So I think 347 is, is interesting. I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, if you're a dog or if you're a, a bumblebee, right, your perception of the world is very different, right? It's obvious. But if you're um, Jack, you're, you have a perception of the world that's different than if you're Jill. Jack and Jill, even though they're buddies, they still see the world differently. Uh, so both Jack and Jill, they're, they're both human, right? And the thing about them both being human means that they have the nature of their senses are more or less the same you know, barring a few maybe uh, subtleties, uniqueness. Maybe Jill has better uh, sight vision than, than Jack does. Maybe Jill is, has better hearing than Jack. You know, guys are not as subtle as women, right? So Jill's hearing and vision might be better, but more or less, they're both humans. They have the same senses. So the data that they pick up is more or less the same, right? So if you're if Jack was a bumblebee and Jill was a human, then what they see would not be the same thing, would it? it the way they see light, the way they read, register the the sense perceptions, the vision, the smells, and the sights is, is extremely different because their physiology is different. So the point of what this is getting at is that your perception is, is limited to the boundaries of what your, uh, your species your, is capable of perceiving the way your eyes, your ears, and, and your nose, uh, and your tongue, right, is built to be able to taste, see, hear, and smell things. But there's other 
uh, life forms that have other sense organs that pick up different sense data. Like the bear that can smell right, and, and knows so much about what's going on in the forest through its sense of smell. Or the snake that crawls on the ground right, and it smells and tastes. It's sticking its tongue out and it's tasting the air to, to get a sense of what's going on around it. And it's feeling the vibrations in the ground to get an, a sense of what's going on around it. So it's probably impossible for us to imagine the world through those other kinds of animals through the senses of those other kinds of animals, through the eyes, so to speak, to be say it metaphorically. Because we've never experienced what those senses, um, what the data that comes in looks like. So our, what the data we get, the information we get is only a slice of the pie, a slice of the spectrum of smelling, a slice of the spectrum of listening, a slice of the spectrum of seeing. We only see a slice of the spectrum of, of each sense. And what, right? So what that implies, what that tells us, it doesn't imply what it, what it literally tells us is that we're not seeing the whole picture. And then there's another side to the equation and that's really, if you, we go back to the example of Jack and Jill, they're both humans, but still they see the world differently because they have different personalities. They have different egos. They process the same data, more or less, like they, they're both humans. So they more or less are able to uh, capture the same sense data but their personalities are different and they, they formulate the, their understanding of the world around them differently based on their personality. So senses on one side of the equation and your personality on the other side of the equation, between the two of them, we formulate our perception of the world. And we've, bought it hook, line, and sinker, that that's reality. And it's called avidya. <laughs> we, we're so convinced of the reality that we've conceptualized. It's all happening inside our brain. This is uh, 347 the subject of the Sainyama meditation for 347. If you can become more aware of that process going on and that your conception of reality has been constrained by the ego and the, and the senses, 
then then there's a possibility to break free from that belief in the limited view. It's a, a belief in the in the view that it's real. So that leads us to uh, whoa, true self mastery. so to speak. Why don't you try to cross your legs in lotus position and you can, it's fine for a few minutes, but after, you know, I don't know how, when does the pain there, the, the feeling of the need to fidget start to come when, when you're practicing the chanting and the pranayama in the morning. Those of you who've been doing the chanting and the pranayama, you have an opportunity to try to sit in lotus for an hour. Right? And we believe so much in the perception of our body that, that uh, we get overwhelmed by the sensations. This is, uh, uh, sutra is an opportunity to, to break from that belief Make sense? Yeah. Uh, Backbends, right? Anything that brings up, uh, you know, challenge. And we can go back, right? We can, one way to deal with those challenging situations in our practice, not just like, in uh, situations in life, but um, to keep our head level, we can go back to this Sutra 342 and try to, if we can get a sensational handle on being lighthearted on that attitude or letting the superimposing the sense of space in our system and being lighthearted, we can use this Sanyama meditation right, to help us. Like if we get in a situation where it starts to become uncomfortable in our body, uh, to to separate ourselves from being overly identified, overly or misidentified, uh, and break free. Uh, to give to get it to bring us to a, a place where then we can, we can start to contemplate the reality right, that, it, that it's not actually real. It's all that sensation of discomfort is an interpretation happening in your brain. Even though you're 150% convinced that it's, it's not happening up here, it's happening down here in the leg. There's something happening in the leg, yes. But the interpretation of it is happening here. The reaction is happening in the, the thinking mind.
Okay. So three three forty seven. Uh, and the last one, this is the last one here, 352. Um, Patanjali, right? What we're, we're talking about um, in the fourth chapter where we're at with three, uh, sorry, 427 and 428. 427 was saying that we still have uh, gaps in our tears in our wisdom. We still have moments where we go on autopilot. We forget to be present. Uh, or we, th we misinterpret the, our, our own self and we make bad bad choices and we we believe the the wrong argument the wrong uh <laughs> argument that's not really uh, argument not in the sense of arguing but argument in the sense of uh, uh a logical presentation right the mind is convinced right and it gives you a logic behind like why you should do x and instead of why like uh, why you should um, finish the whole box or the whole pint of ice cream while you're watch while you're binge watching Netflix, right? There's there's a whole logic, a whole philosophy behind your your choice, right? Binge watching Netflix and and overeating junk food. And it, you, you have like bulletproof logic for why, why it's good to self-indulge because you earned it. You had a long day. It was a long week. You took care of the kids. You did all the chores. You did extra chores this week. And, and so, you know, I, I deserve to, to just let everything go. And, and it uh, doesn't matter that I'll feel like crap tomorrow uh, or that, you know, there's other things that still need to be done that, that, you know, may spending time with my family instead of binge watching Netflix or, you know, we, we come up with this logic and we buy into it. And, and I think in the past, when we went over that Sutra 327, the, the gaps in the, um, in our attention, right. We go on autopilot. I was emphasizing this idea of kind of forgetting for a moment to be present. And, and I realized uh, there's another side to it too. Like, cause even an enlightened person can still suffers from uh, ignorance and not, you know, you don't see two enlightened people always agreeing and having the same, making the same choices. And so there, there's an element, uh, that it's also referring to like uh, like what we just talked about. You, you, uh, you buy into the wrong logic in your mind or the wrong, the wrong uh, view, wrong arguments, which is okay, it's just normal.
It's going to happen. That's what the sutra is saying, three, uh, 427. It's going to happen because you have an infinite amount of, of memories and impressions, vasanas, stored up in your system. And uh, it's just part of life. So we have to learn to deal with it. Uh, but this whole um, review process we're doing is what Patanjali is saying. We, we keep practicing. We keep doing all the things we've been doing to help reduce the occurrences of the, the, the terrors in our straightforwardness. Um, and the point of, of that little sidetrack, that detour there was to bring us to kind of understand what, what this sutra is about. He wants us to um, meditate, do Sanyama meditation on the passage of from moment to moment, the passage of time as it moves from moment to moment to increase the, the depth of our um, wisdom, the depth of our understanding of what's happening, of our presence. Not to say everything will always be perfect. If we're looking for perfection in that external sense, there's probably, it's inevitable to be disappointed occasionally, if not frequently. But uh, the less present we are, the more absent-minded we are, then, then the more accidents the more accidentally things things happen. So this is part of the, the remedy, part of the upaya, the, the methodology uh, behind sealing up, tightening up the, the process or tightening up the, the experience, the yogic experience. It's okay. Does that make any sense at all? Am I the only person who understands myself? Meaning I'm just like in a fantasy? <laughs> I should give a disclaimer before I talk, actually. And I was, I was uh, schooling myself about that this last week. I need to give a disclaimer. <laughs> I'm just like, like everybody else, so full of... Uh, insecurities and you know having likes and dislikes and and under the same spell of believing in the the wrong the wrong uh conceptualization of of reality as everybody else so uh which kind of means i shouldn't even be like trying to explain all this stuff but because uh, I like doing it <laughs> and you guys let me so you guys are my accomplices uh, to my crime of trying to explain things that are uh, maybe beyond that are be that are beyond my uh, level of of accomplishment understanding so So uh, 
I think that's the last thing and the next page should say Om Tat Sat if I remember correctly. Nope. Oh, okay. In closing, we have the sutra. Okay. So that so that's all for for this section and next week we'll start the next section which is the 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 run from third base into home plate. It's the end end of the chapter, the next section. Any questions or comments? Helen, please, by all means, speak up. Don't leave me here all alone. <laughs> she ran away. Okay. <laughs> How about Daria? Helen, have you met Daria? Wave to Daria. Daria, Helen, Helen, Daria. Couple adorable daughters. Okay, so we'll we'll close with this last sutra. We'll recite it a few times and then we'll do the closing chants. Thank you. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Hanamesham Kleshavaduktam. Hanamesham Kleshavaduktam. Dum Hanam Esham Kleshavat Uktam Hanam Esham Kleshavaduktam To remove moments where we slip into autopilot, it is said to practice in the same way that we've been practicing to remove the the negative habit energies, the glaciers. Okay, closing. Om Tat Sat Om Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahi Mahishaha Go Brahmane Bhyaha Shubhamastu Nityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukhino Bhavantu Kale Varashatu Prajanyaha Prativi Sasya Shalani Desho Yang Shobritaha Brahmana Santunir Bhyaha Aputra putrina santu putrina santu pautrinaha adana sadana santu jivantu sharadam shatam sarvesham swastir bhavatu sarvesham shantir bhavatu sarvesham purnam bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschid Tukabhag Bhavet Om Shanti 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 Om Asatoma Sakamaya 
Tamaso ma gamaya Mrityorma Amrutam gamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Om Tat Sat Brahmar Panamastu